What up, what up? Episode 11 of the fourth quarter podcast. Heck yeah. Bro, it's already madness. Literally, we're like, I mean, we had the playing game, so we're like several hours into the tournament. And I think uh, ESPN said like 0.17% of their brackets are perfect right now. That's amazing. So if you live under a, a complete rock, gang. March Madness, the NCAA men's basketball tournament has started. We are recording this on Thursday night, meaning you will hear this sometime on Friday. And even more madness probably will have gone down. Uh, But first, per our tradition, Coda, it's episode 11. Your favorite athlete to wear the number 11. Don't take mine. I have a feeling I'm not going to take yours. I have a feeling I know who yours is. Um, I'm going to add a little second tradition to this. I'm always going to give an honorable mention to my favorite organ player to wear this number as well. Uh, the great Dan Fouts is an honorable mention here. Uh, great Oregon legend and played for the Chargers. A little Justin Herbert connection there. Uh, but probably non-biasedly, my favorite athlete to wear number 11 was Larry Fitzgerald. Yep, Larry Fitz. Yeah. Gotta mention him, a classic. Uh, my honorable mentions will be Trey Young and one DDA Drogba, just to give a soccer Ooh, one. I like back that. In, nice pick. Back in the day, Chelsea Killer himself. Um, yeah. Clay Thompson, the only number 11 worth mentioning. Obviously, who we're thinking about. Who's just been hot of late. Let's freaking go, Clay. We True. cannot we cannot win a game that really matters, but whatever. Besides the Bucks game, we'll give us that. Uh, <laughs> come on, Warriors, you can get it done. Uh, Bakota, I've been clamoring to sit down and talk football with you. There's been one particularly intriguing, incredibly narcissistic story going on. Coda, what am I talking about? Uh, our favorite person to talk about on the fourth quarter podcast. Mr. Aaron Rodgers just seems like such a chill, easygoing, nice guy, right? The easiest to relate to, to communicate with. Uh, Yeah, well, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm trying to give the briefest, like, overarching view of what's going on. Uh, Quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. All-time great. I can't deny it. Great quarterback. First ballot Hall of Famer, clearly. Um, Once out of Green Bay announced that he is getting traded to the New York Jets, but no trade has actually happened. And now we actually have players on the Green Bay Packers that are essentially being like, we're going to go with Aaron, but no trade has even happened yet. It's the strangest situation I've seen in a long time. And even today I saw on, uh, I think it was like a New York Post, that the deal between the Packers and the Jets is like, really far apart like it's it's not really close to even being done um I just don't really have more to say about Aaron Rodgers like it just doesn't make sense um it doesn't make sense for him to go on a show uh who I love uh Pat McPhee announce this and then it's still not materialized it's just a weird situation guys like I've said before what, Mr. Aaron Charles Rogers. I just looked up his name. I feel like he's in trouble here, so I have to use his middle name. Yeah. Um, would be the absolute most confusing person to date in the history of Earth. And we're seeing that. He's he's like 
making it complicated to break up with him. He's making it complicated to even want to date him. Like he's not an attractive person to to the Jets, but no. like they need to win. But like I swear, the Packers are just laughing their asses off at what's going yeah. on right now. It's I'm hilarious. Glad, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that too, because obviously, like we don't know exactly what's going on behind closed doors in any organization. But on paper, you look at the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and it seems like an organization that just gave this dude every opportunity he's ever had. I mean, they let him sit for several years behind Brett Favre, wait for his chance. They gave him the keys to the franchise. He did well. It's not really the Packers' fault that Aaron Rodgers couldn't get over the hump as much as he needed to. It's just a very strange situation for him to be so angry at an organization that seems like it did him pretty well considering what a lot of other quarterbacks go through um just yeah i think narcissistic is a very good word you put on it it's i'll say this it's um it's gonna be really interesting if he joins the afc it's Mm -hmm. great news for the bears and the vikings and the lions um Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be super relevant, uh, unfortunately, for them. And especially if Aaron gets all these old guys to join him, like he's been <laughs> demanding, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis. Uh, he wants, apparently, Randall Cobb, who I don't think even plays football anymore. Um, <laughs> they brought in Nathaniel Hackett, who clearly doesn't know how to coach. Um, so good luck with that. But I will say the one fun thing that happened um, – among many, I just have to mention this. Yep. Um, obviously, if Rodgers goes to the Jets, which kind of became a thing, well, now the Raiders, it's their turn, right? They know we're not getting Rodgers. Pretty quickly, they started to turn their attention towards uh, Garoppolo in the field, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Well, as a proud sort of Broncos fan, do you know what Sean Payton, the new coach of the Broncos, did? What? Tell me. He, Coda, he called up Jared Stidham. You know who Jared Stidham is, Coda? Oh, boy, do I. The backup quarterback on the Raiders. <laughs> and he said, Jared, we would love to have you on this team. Buys Jared Stidham, the backup quarterback of the Raiders, so that the Raiders then have zero quarterbacks. No, no one. And need to literally pay Jimmy whatever the heck he wants to bring him in, therefore hamstringing them cap-wise, yep. backup quarterback-wise. Literally, Sean Payton, you are brilliant. Yeah, And then from there, we just see it continue to fall into place, right? It's been a domino after a domino. Yeah, which is what we felt like was going to happen. We were kind of just waiting for one or two QBs to make the move. Seemed like that was going to just release the floodgates. Um, and yeah, uh, kudos to Sean Payton for playing games in the offseason. I mean, to a division rival, pretty impressively done work right there. Um but moving on, I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers too much. Just, I'm sure we're going to have to talk about him more in the next few podcasts. Um, wanted to mention the Bears absolutely fleecing the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. so you already know my thoughts on this trade. I mean, literally insane haul they got. Run us through what they got back for just genuinely a single draft pick. Yeah, I honestly forget exactly what it was, but it was multiple very good picks. Mm -hmm. And you can correct me on this. And then freaking DJ Moore, who's a good receiver. And so it's like they're clearly keeping field. They're giving him things to work with. They still, I believe, have a first pick in the top 10. So there's just a lot they can work with. But yeah, what were the picks? 
So the picks, I tried to pull it up right here. Pending physicals, the Bears mm-hmm. will get wide receiver DJ Moore, which is literally such a great pickup for Justin Fields. Yeah. They also received the number nine pick this year and a second round pick this year. Mm-hmm. And then a 2024 first round pick and second round pick in 2025. So they got two first round picks in consecutive years and a second round pick this year, second round pick 2025. It blows my mind. I get that Carolina obviously probably is going after CJ Stroud at this point, but why would you go after a franchise quarterback and in the same move trade away his best piece at receiver? It's a mind boggling move to me, honestly. And the only answer, Coda, this is the only logical answer, mm-hmm. is that they believe that someone, be it a Houston or an Indy, is really interested in their guy. Having yep. said that, the only reports that we're getting are that they haven't even made up their mind. One, two, apparently they're like neck and neck, CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. There is no one taking Anthony Richardson in the top five picks. Not you over CJ Stroud. You could have easily moved up for less, saying yeah. you wanted Richardson, and I just don't get it. This is probably why they're the freaking Panthers. Agreed. But in the AFC South, the Bucks now have one Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. I wanted to say this is quite a fit culturally. I'm pretty impressed with the move there. I love the pick. Um I mean, I think what was I can't remember who it was against, but that game Mayfield this last season like stepped in on like a 36 hour notice and then put up a great game in L.A. He's obviously really talented and he gets overlooked a lot. Um, He's never been in a great situation. I think this is a the most ideal situation he's probably ever been in. It's a low leverage deal. It's one year gives him a chance to prove he should get a bigger deal. I, I love it. I love it a lot. Yeah, just to hit a couple more before we move to the NBA, Andy Dalton joined the Panthers, which I think is actually a really good move. Bring a veteran quarterback in, someone who can mentor. Darnold, obviously, Sam Darnold is now a Niner, so they've lost both Baker and Darnold in the last few months. Juju Smith-Schuster, a nice veteran addition to the Pats receiving core. Yeah. The Cowboys finally broke up with their horrific girlfriend named Ezekiel Elliott who's good been massively spoiled. It's good for both. Yeah. Zeke should go into broadcasting. And then <laughs> my commanders, who got rid of Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, decided that Jacoby Brissett was going to be our backup quarterback, apparently. So I think in a similar move, we're yeah. treating Sam Howell as our CJ or Anthony. Jacoby will be our Dalton. I think it's fine. The only thing that would make me really believe in this is if you uh sell the farm and bring in <laughs> Lamar freaking Jackson from Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that to happen for you, Ben. I'm not seeing that in the cards at this moment. <laughs> um but to save you from your misery, we're gonna move on to another amazing sport that we like to call basketball. Mm-hmm. Um we've been doing our three for three picks. We're just picking three interesting games in between each podcast. Last week, Ben, I gotta say I'll say this because a further segment we're going to do, I had a terrible week. So I'm going to say this for you because you're not the only one that had a terrible week. One for three last week, a little rough. Maybe, you know, some biases proving to not be great for you. But I went two for three, really only one better. It's hard. I think we talked about this last week. 
it's hard with just having these three picks because it's truly like losing one of these games can make it look like you did so poorly. Yeah. And reality is I only got one more correct than you. But so far, you're two and four and four and two. Lots could change this week. I want to hit you right away with a game that I find a lot of intrigue on. Uh, a lot of stars that have been injured may be coming back in this game, which will be happening when you're hearing this podcast, hopefully on Friday. Mavericks at Lakers. Coda, great, great picks at these games, uh, friends. Coda just picked these ones out of uh, a, quite a lineup, and so I completely agree with this one. Um, I'm going to go with a, ba- a bounce-back win for the Lakers. They just somehow no. dropped one to the Western Conference worst Houston Rockets, who are actually, to their credit, winning a lot of pretty legitimate games recently. Strange. Uh, very bizarre. Maybe they've just realized that it's a lottery anyway, so who knows if they'll even get the number one pick. But – uh, the Doncic Irving experiment has not worked in Dallas. They are, um, I believe, four and nine in their last 13. It's just not a winning combination. I don't see them getting it done. I think Kyrie's been sitting out games. Doncic has some kind of a thigh bruise. I've got the Lakers getting it done in a very needed win. What about you? Uh, I love that. And I'm always plugging uh, the fourth quarter podcast. We very quickly said after that Kyrie trade that neither of us really thought this was going to work out. So kudos to us there. Four and nine definitely is not working out in my book. Uh, I'm also going to go with the Lakers. Um, I also wanted to mention if everyone wants to send me some good energy, some good thoughts. uh, I'm in my semifinals of my fantasy basketball league right now. I have both Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving on my team, which has been an absolute disaster this week. So I would love for (laughs) both of them to play. Uh, So send me some good energy there. Uh, But I'll go with the Lakers there as well. Uh, Let's move to Nuggets at Knicks. This will be on Saturday. Interesting game. One of the losses that I had this week, the Knicks were on the road at the Clippers and did not get it done. The Nuggets have not been super impressive as of late, so I'm going to go with another bounce back for them, and I'm going to double down on the Knicks failing me. Nuggets mm. take it in New York in an important win, especially as they battle for seeding in the top four of the West. What about you? I'm going to go Knicks. Uh, okay. I think I think Madison Square Garden is a tough place to play, and I do agree. I think the Nuggets are reeling a bit right now. Uh, it feels like the Nuggets are kind of one postseason away from the tabloids of, is this working? Is Jokic who we think he is? Um, really interesting kind of season they're having right now, so I'll go next there. Uh, this third and final game, I usually try to pick them during the weekend, so they're a little more like soon and relevant. But I love this team, the Sacramento Kings. I want them to continue this upward trajectory they're on. This is on Tuesday night. Boston Celtics at the Sacramento Kings. This is a really like, feels like a defining game for Sacramento potentially. Yeah, I really love this one. Let me just quickly say, as of today, Joel Embiid has has pulled neck and neck with with Nikola Jokic in terms of the MVP race. I think that's really relevant to mention earlier on. It was looking like it was Nicholas to to lose in his third one in a row. Please, voters, give it to Joel. Please. Yeah, I beg he's of He's having you. an incredible season. Please, for the love of God. Okay, and then the Celtics are going to Sacramento, and they're going to lose. The Sacramento Kings need this enormously. They're in the battle for the one seed, I believe. Most yeah. likely they're going to land at the two, but still, that means home court advantage for your series. That's really important. I think they get it done. I'm not impressed with the Celtics as of late. 
Uh, I agree. Um, and I think I really want the Kings to win this game too. So I'm going to just take my claim, but just a really cool story. I agree. They'll probably end up with the second seed, but the fact that the Sacramento Kings are even in a battle for the number one seed and literally anything is pretty mind blowing. So congrats to Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings. Good on them. You know, it's just, it's so exciting. Kind of, I mean, Maybe we need to drive up to a bar in Sacramento during the postseason <laughs> and just be present for it. I sure as hell can't afford tickets, but it'd be fun to feel their vibe. Totally. I caught you mid-swig right there. Guys, um, basketball comes in two versions, right? Well, mm-hmm. with all due respect to the G League. But the more exciting version right now, it's narrow because, man, the NBA is bringing it. But they don't call it March Madness uh, for nothing. And uh, like we've seen already today, it's gotten pretty cray-cray. Um, Coda and I did put down our foot on um, on a couple picks earlier uh, mm-hmm. last week. Those happened to be around the NCAA conference tourneys, which were actually quite relevant in the seating. A lot mm-hmm. of people got, I think, inflated or deflated seating based on how they did there. I'm really big on momentum coming off of that tournament. I'll just say a plug. The only three tournament champion winners I've ever picked, Kentucky, UConn, and Baylor, all won their conference tournament in their respective years. I then said, hey, let's keep it rolling. Uh, Unfortunately, my Georgetown Hoyas have never won one in my lifetime. They're absolutely the farthest from that right now. Man, it would have been great if they could have somehow been stupid and figured out how to win the tournament there. However, Coda, I digress. Take us through what went down in these conference tourneys. Yeah, well, let's just say it wasn't pretty for either of us. It especially was not pretty for me. Um, I was one for seven. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't want to wait to say this because it, it's it's pretty embarrassing. Um, but over in the ACC, we had Duke, who's just on an absolute tear right now. Um, love what Shire's doing there. Um, I actually read that he was the first um like first time head coach in ACC history to go undefeated at home in his first season which is crazy and obviously tough place to play regardless but still that's that's really incredible um I like that too I like getting old players coaching teams I think it's great for the culture um you had Duke here actually and I was very confident on Virginia they played in the uh, ACC tournament final so I'll give that as like a slight win to both of us, but you did take the W there. Uh, over in our favorite league, uh, which is just listed as CAA, and honestly, I can't even freaking remember what this league is called. Um, what is it called, Ben? The Colonial Athletic Association. Let me also just quickly insert, John Shire has literally been on Duke's team or in his organization since NOM. It's literally insane. <laughs> also... Is. I have to wear a mustache for a week of work. I don't know if you remember I said that because oh, I predicted yeah. Duke correctly. I just wanted to put that out there. My friend Scott Martin, one of my best buddies, said, Ben, I expect pictures. So yep. just wanted to say I will be doing this. I'm already uh, working on it. We, we will put this on the uh, fourth quarter uh, podcast Instagram as well for all you 19 followers to watch. Um, well, yes, in the Colonial League Athletics Association – uh, I'm always a big Towson guy, as you guys know. Uh, Towson <laughs> did not perform as well in this conference tournament as I was hoping they would. Charleston did, in fact, take this. Um, but reality is Charleston was clearly going to win this tournament. Um, so that puts so far been two Coda nothing. Uh, big 12, <laughs> again, been on fire so yeah. far. 
Texas yep. takes this. I had Kansas State. Texas also similar to Duke is really coming on strong towards the end of the year. Trendy pick in the tournament, and I feel uh, Big East. Neither of us got this. Marquette took it as the number one seed. I don't know why either of us didn't go with Marquette here. I think we were just thinking of some March early madness, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so as of right now, Ben three, Coda zero. Big 10, Purdue won this. This seemed like a tough one for Ben because whoever was going to win this, and I just happened to pick Purdue before Ben did. So that put it at 3-1. Pac-12, this is tough for me. And I will say, Oregon did the thing they'd done all year. They played UCLA three times, and this is a crazy thing. This was tweeted from one of the Oregon-like athletic analyst accounts. Oregon was within two points of each UCLA game with under eight minutes remaining and lost all three of them. So I wasn't, I was like, my pick's going to be right. Ended up losing badly to UCLA. Arizona won this, which we will have to mention Arizona a little later. Neither Ben or I got that. SEC, Alabama won it convincingly. Neither of us got that. So that makes Ben three out of seven. Coda one out of seven. It was pretty tough for me. It really was quite a humbling experience, honestly. So let me just say this. One, Coda, don't be so hard on yourself. This is a very difficult thing to pick. We could have easily just picked all one seeds, and we didn't, right? So yeah. to our credit. Second of all, I'm very impressed with myself. I should have been four for seven, but for a really unfortunate three-pointer by Arizona, UCLA clearly deserved that win that game. Arizona yep. has since received their retribution. So, yep. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm very proud of that. And I think we overall really captured a lot of folks that are really relevant in the tournament today. I will just leave, um, leave the segment piece with this. Marquette is coached by one Shaka Smart. I say one a lot, but it's okay. <laughs> I, it's a Benism. Um, yeah. Shaka Smart was the coach of the great VCU Rams who made an amazing run beat Duke eventually beat Kansas to go to a final freaking four in 2011 uh talk about madness he then went to Texas helped turn them back around now he's in Marquette doing things watch out for Marquette in this freaking tournament yeah and and with that let's look at the madness that has begun already in fact Coda why don't you just take us there with prompt number c which is not a number but I put it there (laughs) <laughs> uh craziest upset so far as we speak there's been two yep tell us about them Coda. well i'll say these in order second craziest upset which there's been two uh was Furman over virginia which at this point should virginia even be allowed to have anything in a top 10 seed in a tournament <laughs> it is so embarrassing dude like it is bad. And I don't know if you saw. You'll have to go and watch how they lost this game. I did. It was one of the most I, – I don't want to hate on college basketball players, so I won't say it. But it was it was a unique reason they lost. It was, it was an interesting ball-handling decision, in, in my opinion. Um, but really the upset of the day was 15-seed Princeton over 2-seed Arizona – and I want to say, as a dude who was born and raised on the West Coast, big Pac-10, Pac-12 guy, this is just what Arizona does. They do this every single year. They get a high seed, they have a lot of hype, and then they always choke in, in this tournament. It's I don't know why I didn't see it coming. And I think you mentioned this earlier. If they had not won the Pac-12 tournament, 
which in a game they truly didn't they were dominated in that game there's no way they were even a two seed i i think this was a very inflated seeding i don't this is an upset on paper and it is an upset regardless but arizona probably wasn't worth a two seed i agree completely i also think we have received we have reached the point of parody coda my argument was pre-tournament that I think we've gotten there. I am on double-digit seed watch. What does that mean? I think we are within three years, and it could be this year. I don't have it, but it could be of a double-digit seed winning the NCAA tournament for the first time. Now, I will give an early shout-out to my dear dog, Manuka, who, by the power of the coin flip, picked a 16, a 15, and a 15, and a 14 to make the Elite Eight. Which was wow. incredible. Also, the first 16 seed in Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which has already been proven wrong, to make the final four. So it's not going to quite get that cray-cray yet. But I will no. say, if Princeton is a 15 seed, then I don't know what a 15 seed is anymore. And I think looking at the bracket, of which you already mentioned the crazy upset, yeah. so I don't even get to mention anything here, which is totally fine. But – there are so many traditional powers that are now double-digit seeds. Watch out, yeah. everybody in your bracket. Totally. I, I completely agree. And there's been a lot of talk uh, recently, too, about the tournament expanding again. And yep. people are like, it shouldn't expand. Dude, maybe it should. Like, there's so much parity. In co- We've got, like, 500 Division One college basketball teams. You're telling me that we can only have room for 68 of them? Yeah. That, that's crazy. No, I mean – we talked about this a lot about college basketball in this podcast. So much parody this year. We're finally seeing it. Ben, I want to ask you, what do you think the most likely upset on Friday, which is the day you're hearing this, will be? That is a really, really great question, Coda. And I'm going to literally hold my paper bracket and give you a live thought. So okay. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at my bracket. I've got one in mind. I don't know if it's the most likely, but I okay. think it is um, with the times. I'll give you two. Okay. I had a 14 seed and a 13 seed both winning tomorrow. Ooh. In the Midwest region, I have Kennesaw State beating Xavier, a 14 seed over a three, St. Patty's Day. No relation to the Irish there, but who knows? Maybe they'll have some luck. In the West, I have an Iona Gales team beating a Yukon Huskies team. Again, sorry to my uh, cousin-in-law, Colleen. But it's okay. Things like this happen. Again, I'm bitter because my freaking Virginia Cavaliers are already lost. So I'm sitting here haggard and upset. Uh, Coda, those will be my two answers. No science behind that. Just, I'm just going for it. What about you? Um. I like that. I didn't pick either of those, but I could absolutely see Iona taking that that game. Um, what I think is probably the most likely upset, as I am also looking at my list right now, would probably and eleven six seeds are kind of on the line of upsets. But yeah. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh over Iowa State. Um, yeah. I think Pittsburgh was massively underseeded. Um, so I think that's the most like obvious one that I see coming tomorrow. Yeah, actually, let me add one right with you. Mine were, were fun picks. This one's going to happen. You can put it down in the books. VCU is going to beat St. Mary's 12 over five. That's happening tomorrow. 
That's on my ballot. That's on my Sorry. ballot. My bracket. My ballot is We've in. been doing a lot of voting lately. Hell yeah, we have. And we are always right. Coda, <laughs> here's a different question. Okay. Who would you say has the easiest road to glory? And I guess I will say, how about we say this? Of the top two seeds in each region, because okay. they would be the ones kind of assumed to make the run historically. Yep. Which one or two seed would you say on this ballot slash bracket has the easiest road to glory? Yeah, I think pre-tournament, I would have probably said Purdue uh-huh. uh, out in the East East region. After what's happened today in that crazy South region with Arizona going down, Virginia going down, it's probably Alabama. Yeah. I mean, literally, their two seed is gone. Their four seed is gone. So there's only two of the top four seeds even remaining in that bracket. And Alabama looked unstoppable today. So I would say as of right now, Alabama probably has the easiest path. Yeah, I think that's honestly probably the most logical, especially if they really are the true number one overall seed. Mm -hmm. I'll go with Houston slash Texas. I'm not particularly impressed with the Midwest region. I also think Texas is an incredibly underratedly strong team. Also, looking live, I'm actually really proud of my Auburn pick to do well. They're they're taking in Iowa behind the woodshed right now. Um, I have Auburn over Houston. Uh, and actually over Miami as well, not to completely spoil my bracket. Okay. But I do think the Longhorns are one of those teams who are super strong coming off their tournament. I'm wearing burnt orange right now. Maybe that's what it is. Wow. I, here's another one. Okay. We'll go region by region here, and we're actually we're doing great on time, so we can really dig in on these. Um, Dark Horse, who's your underdog that makes a run in each region? Let's start with that south region that's already been busted. Yep. Well, this and Ben, no one else can see this on my bracket, Ben. You can see a ton of red in that South region already looking pretty tough for me. I think a dark horse now would have to be Princeton uh, because I don't think Arizona was necessarily two seed, but Arizona is a good team. And Princeton kind of dominated like I mean, held him to 55 points. I think Arizona on the broadcast, they said average like 80 plus points per game. So I'll say Princeton is probably the dark horse now. I like that. In fact, let's just give that as the South region one. I'm going to go over to the Midwest um, and I'm going to say the dark horse to win this side is the Miami Hurricanes. An incredibly Mm. strong team that Jim Laranaga has down there. Jim Laranaga, you might remember, is actually the coach of the George Mason Patriots team who made that epic run as a double-digit seed to the, I think, the Elite Eight. I don't think they made the Final Four. Um, Miami, very winnable games. Very possible that they match up with Houston really well. Um, I'd like to see it. Do you have anybody else in the Midwest? Yeah, I think a team that not a lot of people are concerned about right now would be Auburn. Um, started the season 16 and three, went four and nine in their last 13 games. So a team that clearly has the potential to win 16 of 19 games, just went on a bit of a cold streak at the wrong time, is currently destroying Iowa as we're recording this podcast. So I'll go with Auburn. Maybe, maybe uh, getting hot at the right time. Coming up with the hot facts. He's got it. He's got his flow still too, by the way. <laughs> Oregon didn't win back 12. So no. <laughs> the locks are still looking super good. Um, I'll take us to the East and I'll give you permission first. Coda, why don't you give me your underdog dark horse in the East? Yeah. 
my underdog, because I think they were criminally underseeded, um, is the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how Arizona could be overseeded with a conference championship moving up to the two seed. And somehow Duke runs the gauntlet in the ACC championship and gets a five seed. Really, really strange. I don't understand that. So really based on just the fact that they're underseeded and probably underrated right now, go Duke there. I love it. I will say I agree. Honorable mention would be Memphis. I think you need mm-hmm. to watch Memphis again based off this rule. You're telling me that Houston is one of the top four seeds in this tournament. Well, they just did away with Houston in the championship game of their tournament. So I actually have Memphis mm-hmm. winning two games and then losing to Duke in this tournament, but they do take out Purdue in my bracket. Wow, uh, I love it. Stay tuned for that. I'll take us West, okay? And um, the upset that I uh, – not the upset, but the dark horse that I think will potentially make the biggest run. I've already kind of spoiled this. VCU Rams, this is their time of year. I only have them winning uh, two games, but I do have them going down to Kansas. I sat with that one for a while, knowing that in 2011 they did beat Kansas to go to the Final Four. Unfortunately, with all due respect, they don't have Shaka Smart anymore, and I don't see the magic continuing there. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to give two here. The one I think truly is probably the dark horse for me would be the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, which looked really, really, really good today against Illinois. Uh, But a team that is a two seed, but for whatever reason, this season has seemed to kind of fly under the radar very oddly, would be UCLA. No one's really talking about them. And especially losing the Pac-12 championship, they're just not really getting a lot of airtime, but they're really, really freaking good. Um, I don't think people realize that they've essentially been a top five team all year. Um. So I'll go with UCLA slash Arkansas there. I think that's a spot on pick. And I and I also mentioned we cannot talk March Madness without mentioning Gonzaga Bulldogs, Mark Few's team. They are 100% being underrated right now totally. as, a, as a three seed, particularly because Arizona was a two seed. We're going to continue to just drive that home. <laughs> um, I, I think let's move to this last question. Got which is the most likely number one seed to find themselves in the championship game? I think this is a really big question, particularly yeah. in a year like this. What do you think? Every part of me wants to say Alabama. They look the part for the number one overall seed. Uh, but I, there's just something about Alabama that makes me feel like it has to burst at some point. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go still pretty chalk here. And I did some research on this. I've been kind of touting Purdue all year. Um, they ran through the Big Ten like it was absolutely nothing. Down year for the Big Ten, but traditionally a very, very skilled conference. And I actually looked this up today. They're 8-2 and two against teams that are currently in the tournament. So they have an 80% win percentage against teams that are currently playing in March Madness right now. Wow. And the only... Two losses are oddly to Indiana. So they're eight known against everyone else. And Indiana is all the way across the bracket from Purdue. Um, so just statistically, I'm going to say Purdue. And maybe that's a little preview of my final four as well. I love that. And we're going there in a second. As a nod to what Coda already said, just because of the dominoes that have already fallen, I think Alabama is probably the quote right answer here. Mm-hmm. I think Purdue might be the stronger answer. I'm going to go with Kansas. I don't mm. believe it. I also have zero one seeds in the final four. So I don't clearly don't wow. believe it's happening. 
that would be a probably historic if none of the ones made the final yeah. four. Uh, but I'd say Kansas, man, I think that they're going to probably get some of the uh, some of the help from other people beating each other up before they get to them. But we'll see. Bakota, one of our favorite things to do is bring in some help from the outside, namely those nearest and dearest to us. Manuka, the Mrs. and me, backed by popular demand. Final four prediction edition. Coda, we're going to you first, my man. It's probably the person who's put the most thought into this. Oh, boy. Uh, well, my final four coming out of the South region is going to be those freaking Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, like we've been saying on podcasts, that bracket side of the bracket has just completely fallen apart. Um, so I don't know who's going to challenge them there. Coming out of the East, no surprise from what I've been saying is Purdue. So you got Alabama and Purdue. Coming out of the Midwest is the Texas Longhorns. I think they're super hot right now. Um, and then coming out of the West, I actually have UCLA over Kansas. Uh, I think UCLA is a bit more of a complete team. Uh, so my final four is Alabama, Purdue, Texas, UCLA. And I'll just say it if we're saying it, right? Yeah, take it. All right. Uh, I got Purdue and UCLA with Purdue taking the national championship. Well, let me just say, oh, what, what's that I'm hearing over there? Oh, it's boo, boo. <laughs> Coda, that's the noise of America saying, Coda, you just right? picked all, all one and two. One and twos. I know. Who the which heck is are you? Usually not uh, what I do, but just what I said. You said Purdue. Purdue is your champion. Yeah, Purdue over UCLA. I love it. Riding yeah, the big man all the way. Yeah. What about you, Ben? So yeah, I um, went a little less traditional. So yeah. shall we say I've got uh, a three seed Baylor coming out of the South. Mm-hmm. I have a two seed, just like you, Texas. Obviously, I'm a Texas homer here. Yeah. Uh, coming out of the Midwest, the Duke Blue Devils are my final four it. pick. Super hot it. right now out of the East. And I've got Gonzaga, Mark Few and company, super underrated this year in the final four. I have Duke edging Baylor in a very competitive final four game. I have Texas beating the Zags and in a very fun blue blood matchup, Texas versus Duke. I have John Shire going all the way for one. I have Duke pulling a very surprising victory. And I'll shout out my dude, Ronnie Parham who also picked Duke to win, which made me really pissed because I thought I was original. I'm really here for that. It's funny, too, because you kind of touted your Final Four as this very, like, underdog Cinderella and then ended up with maybe the most blue blood national championship of all time. But that's a matchup I would love to see. It is, and uh, maybe not as exciting as the ones that came from the women in my household. So, (laughs) again, coin flips produced this. My beloved Manuka as Coda calls the most beautiful dog in the country, but most importantly in California, LA. Yeah. AM Corpus Christi, the first 16th seed <laughs> in history to make it to the final four out of the South. The Kentucky Wildcats out of the East. The Colgate, whatever the hell they are, 15 seed coming out of the Midwest, the toothpastes, the fighting wow. toothpastes. And the Arkansas Razorbacks coming out of the West. Yes, the only maybe logical part of that whole equation. And get this: AM Corpus Christi lost from there. Kentucky beats Colgate in the final. If that happened, I would shave my head bald. I will say that, and I'd keep it bald for a year. Insane, unbelievable! Uh, Wow. Hey, you know, I'd shave my head too. 
Okay, here we yeah. be balled together. Yeah. Let me give you my wife, and then you can give me your wife. Okay, yeah. Shannon, I gave her a three prompt way for me to pick this bracket for her because yeah. she was out. She's being professional. She's earning the big bucks right now. Oh yeah. Um, the prompt was give me two colors and animals. Okay. She gave me purple, blue, and animals that fly. I kid you not, were the prompts no that I way. got. And so what did that produce? Creighton out of the south. Kansas State out of the east. Kent State golden flashes, which I think are an eagle of some kind, out yeah. of the Midwest. And the Kansas Jayhawks out of the west. The battle of Kansas in the final. Kansas versus Kansas State with the Jayhawks repeating as national champions, which would be insanity and if it happened unreal wow well you know i like that manuka went a little too crazy this is crazy <laughs> but not like you're like you need a mental health evaluation crazy that's true with yeah, all due respect so, to my sweet girl yeah yeah i mean i would love if that happened um so you're about to hear annie's uh currently she has not made her pick but she's gonna insert her pick right here hi this is annie i'm eating some bread right now so excuse me um this was my final four. I put a lot of thought into this. Um, it took me a total of four minutes. So here we go. Uh, I have in the south, Baylor. In the east, Duke. In the midwest, Houston. And in the west, UCLA. Who do you, who do you have winning? UCLA. Against who? Um, Duke. Here's the thing. I think Houston's going to get pretty far because it's like their hometown. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, I got to do this. I got to do this for my for my city. And then they're going to, like, flounder completely because of the pressure. All right. Well, you've just heard it. We've just heard it. I imagine. I haven't heard it yet. But I imagine it was probably just as crazy as we're <laughs> expecting it to be. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to mark these down. We're going to keep track of them. My bracket is pretty much completely busted at this point, at least the South region, but I think most people South region are busted at this point. Um, I do want to mention we're very close on our head to head all times, which you're at 12 and 12. I'm at 14 and 10. Our three for threes are a little different. You're two and four. I'm four and two still really young in our three for three careers. So you have to come back next week for that. Also, next week, we're going to be talking and seeing if any of the Cinderella magic continued. We'll be reluctantly talking about Aaron Rodgers, some very exciting NBA matchups. And I also wanted to plug tomorrow or today when you listen to this, if you live in L.A., Ben and I will be watching all of these March Madness games at 33 Taps, which just like Manuka is the most beautiful bar in Los Angeles if you like sports and cheap pizza. Uh, so come join us there. And if you can't, uh, come join us next week on the fourth quarter podcast.